Shalom and welcome to A Voice Calling in the Wilderness, A Trumpet Call, A Voice Crying Out Loud for God to those that would hear, so that they would run to Him, that they might be warned. We're here sounding the alarm that our time here on earth is short and that we have no time to waste. Here we will expose the truth, teach the word, discuss the dangers, lies, and enemies we are surrounded by, and how to engage in the war that we're standing in the middle of. Today, we're going to be talking with Pastor Steve Morris, our friend Oleg, and our new friend Jeremy, in a continued discussion on prayer. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. Great to be here. Thank you. Pleasure. So last time, we talked about prayer, and we talked about it as an important element in our relationship with God, and our means of communication in that relationship. And I've been fielding a lot of questions across the internet and Facebook and all, a bunch of different sites. So some of these questions that people have, such as the big question about when I pray, how do I address my prayer? How should I refer to God? As God, Father, Lord, or something else? So how would you guys address that question? Well, I would I would share a little bit with just my with my children, you know, if I address them at certain times and in certain ways, they answer me certain ways. They know that's appropriate. Other times they call me yes, sir, or they call me dad. They call me different things, uh, you know, onto the situation. And I think the same thing as your relationship grows with Christ, the same exact thing uh, happens, you know. So that would be my answer. I just want to add to that, uh, 100% agree that it is, depending on where you are, in relationship with the, in your walk, uh, we see in Old Testament, um, Jacob referred to God as God of Abraham and Isaac. And, and that he used that until he actually met God, until he wrestled with him. And then after that, we see that he refers to him as my God. Mm. So I think <clears throat> depending where you are in the walk, um, but the, in the New Testament, we read that he is our first Lord and second Savior. But Jesus always prayed to Heavenly Father. That's mm -hmm. what I choose to do in my prayers. He is my Heavenly Father. Jesus said, there, that, let there be no other fathers except the Heavenly Father. So he is our Father. He is our Creator. He is our, uh, but he is our also Lord and he is our Savior. And it's really wild because, you know, when we were over in Israel, we had a, a uh, Jewish guide there, you know, and his little son came one day on the bus with us and he kept running around all day saying, Abba, 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 you know, and the word Abba doesn't just mean father. It Daddy. means my father, my father yes. you know, and when we address God as Abba, and we say, oh, father, my, father, my yes. father, which is in heaven. Um, that's just pretty wild little point, you know, that just mm -hmm. identifying ourselves is literally, we know whose we are and therefore we know who we are. Yeah. And to that, uh, we read also that uh, Paul says that our spirit cries out, Abba, Father. Steve, I think that's an interesting point because what you were talking about is a two-way relationship where you're recognizing your position in this relationship too. Mm -hmm. That So I am your child. And so, therefore, I speak to you in a such manner. Or I am your servant, then I speak to you in this manner. And we take on roles, different roles all the time with each other and with God. There are some days where we're doing the servant's work, and so we would talk to him as the servant then. And then when we come to him as the child in need or in, in praise and worship and in love, we would talk to him in a different way then too. That's how I look at it. Yeah, we spoke a little last time, I think, about Absalom, you know, burning Joab's fields because he wanted he wanted to get presence with his father, who was the king. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. he was coming to him as uh, as basically just one of the people in the kingdom, not as a son. And you read that and it's like, it's so sad. And many people can come to God like that, you know, instead of ever coming into that identity of sonship and be able to come into, you know, his presence as a son and not just as a servant or whatever, you know, so... Right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that relationship's so key to how we approach God. Um, and I love what Steve says about, you know, how his, his children approach him. And there's there's times where, you know, how I pray to God may be different within a group setting 
to that intimate setting, just me and right. me and the Father, right? And he says he told taught his disciples how to pray. Jesus did. He said, "Pray to the Father in my name," because we know that no one goes to the Father except through Jesus. And that name, there's power in the name of Jesus. So when we when we speak to the Father, we make a request. But there's times where you know we're making petitions, requests, we're praying for friends, family, situations, but there's times also where we can't forget where we just, you know, we sit in his presence and we just want to know what he wants to say to us with no agenda, with no specific requests, but what do you have for me? I think we forget about that. And I mean, I've heard people talk about, you could use, you know, do you pray to the Holy Spirit? Do you pray to the Father? Do you pray to Jesus? I think Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> all of the above, right? And I think there's different times where you're going to need, um, you know, you're, you're just going to want to just speak to the Father and and praise and 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 want to just bring a request to Him. And there's times where you're like, I know today was a, a time where, and there's been times in my life where I just my prayer was just at the top of my lungs, shouting the name of Jesus. And that's where I was, you know, you get this kind of funk that settles on you and you're like, you just shout the name of Jesus. And that's my prayer. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, there was a song that was sung once. It says, you don't have to know how to say a good prayer. All you need to know is how to say the name of Jesus, because in his name, power is released to your situation. And, and you may be babbling and fumbling through it, but if you've got Jesus in there and he's on the scene, there's nothing that's impossible. Well, I can tell you, there's a lot of mornings that we have a prayer group that meets at six o'clock in the morning. And there's a lot of mornings I'm driving to prayer going, okay, Holy Spirit, you're going to have to tell me what to say because my brain is not working yet. And there's other times I'm like, you know, if I got to get up and speak or it's like, please, you've got to speak for me because I don't know what to say here. On what Jeremy was talking about, just calling the name of Jesus, I remember a woman told me she had been molested as a, as a child and just had a terrible um, beginning in her life. And uh, as a child, she saw, she was very spiritually in tune, I guess, and she saw all these demonic spirits coming at her one evening, and she was literally terrified. And she said, I, ne- I had never heard his name before to her knowledge, but she just cried out one word, just Jesus. And she said, I've never seen anything flee so fast in my entire life as me just crying as a little girl, Jesus, and the demon's just gone in an instant, just like that. So that's the power of just saying his name, you know? (laughs) Whosoever calls in the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's just an incredible promise. Amen. So we've talked about God, Father, Lord, and Jesus. And so another question that I feel it is, is how does the Holy Spirit help me when I pray? Or help anyone. Well, scriptures tell us that those who are led by the Spirit, those are the sons of God. If you really study that passage out, those who consistently are led by the Spirit, those are the mature sons of God. Right. Okay? And so when we're praying, we should literally be having our head, like we talked about last time, like John on the head on the chest of Jesus, where we're filling the heart of God and we're praying his will because we're being led by the Holy Spirit. We pray by the Spirit right? In the authority, in the name of Jesus. And we pray to the Father, right? So as we're doing that, usually as we're praying to the to the Father, right? We're praying, being led by the Holy Spirit and this beautiful communion, this community of, of what, th- this dance in a sense, they're, they're, they're one, right. right? In their heart. And you're getting to participate in that. So you're being, should be being led by the Spirit as you, as you pray. When you read the Holy Spirit, is praying in moanings and groanings for you. What does that mean to people? How would you explain that? I can only speak from my own experience. Um, and, and, you know, the scripture is the scripture, but there's been times where, like you said, kind of along the same uh, wavelength that you were saying, you're going to pray in the morning, your mind's not really fruitful. It's it's not really <laughs> firing on all cylinders. Right. And you're just like, well, what am I going to say? What I don't feel this. I'm... I'm you know, I feel like uh, empty. I mean, coming to this, I, I, I honestly, full disclosure, I felt pretty empty. Um, and maybe it's the attacks that we've been kind of going through. But um, and, but you know what? We don't walk by 
what we see and how we feel. We walk by faith and we know that the Holy Spirit's there. He's been called alongside of us to help us. And there's sometimes where you can just sit in prayer and it doesn't really, you just, it's, it's, it's kind of like it's not even coming out like a, words. You just, you have this deep burden or this, this fight that's going on. And, you know, sometimes it's just like, ah, you know, and <laughs> you just want to shout uh, and get and get it out. And uh, the Holy Spirit leads us through that. And like Steve said, he pray, he helps us to where our, our mind might not be fruitful to pray according to the perfect will of God for our lives, for our situation, for others around us. And it's it's truly miraculous I've seen in my life where I've just been like got, walking into a situation and not knowing what to do, being just honestly scared to death. And all of a sudden, I've got exactly what I need to say, pray. Um, and, and that's the biggest impact um, that I could share. I don't know if that answers the question, but... No, that's I think that's really good. Sense on it. I'll tell you, you know, we had that night of prayer last night and it was just such a blessed time. We saw so many young people, I mean, just mm. weeping and, and gathering around people being led by the spirit. I mean, just boom. I mean, I remember walking to the back and I just saw like 12, 12 girls just around one young lady um, just praying for her. And I walked by and it was, it, they were praying exactly what I felt like God would have them pray over her. I was just, oh, it was so exciting, you know? And God led me to someone specifically and just said, go pray for them. And just, I remember just like, just seeing them on the way out. And I went over and I, I felt so clearly that God led me to speak directly what they needed. And just walking away and looking at their countenance, I knew that the Holy Spirit had led me in that prayer, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that um, sometimes we forget the reason why Holy Spirit had been sent to us. You know, Jesus said that it is good that I go because I will send a helper for you, a Holy Spirit. And, you know, we're talking about previously, as we were saying, who do we pray to? Yes, yes, we pray to Father, pray to Jesus. But Holy Spirit is here with us. He's constantly with us. Mm -hmm. It is up to us to recognize and identify that He is here right. with us. And if we know that He is here with us, it's almost just like we're sitting here in the room and we're talking to each other. It's the same way we talk to Holy Spirit. You know, when you drive on, on the highway by yourself, you can literally talk to him as if he's sitting right next to you because he is. Right. If you are baptized, filled with the Spirit, he is there with you. There's no, re no reason otherwise to think on it, right? So when we pray and we're talking about with moaning and groaning, right, many, many times you don't know to pray for. I remember the first time when, uh, when you, Steve, um, texted me to pray, I literally was, I didn't even know how to pray, what to pray, because my mind was emptied out at that point because we're so limited in our in intellect that we don't even know how to put the, in the words. And that's where we need the helper. And that's where we ask him to step in and really take over our prayer life, our prayer language, and our prayer, uh, the supplication that we need. And he does. If we truly believe, if we truly submit to him, he will do that. Very good. I think that answers that very well. Thank you, guys. So another question I get is, is why do Christians pray the Lord's Prayer? And I know for our prayer group, we always close our prayer time with the Lord's Prayer. And I feel like it's a a unity thing for us and with God that we've all come together to pray this prayer that we were taught in the word that Jesus taught the disciples. Well, you look at when Jesus says, not my will, but your will be done. And mm. we pray that your kingdom come on earth, mm. your will be done, right? right? It needs to start first right here. Right, your right. will be done in me and your kingdom come. When you see Pentecost and you see the Holy Spirit coming with power, you see that prayer being answered. And you look at Revelations 21, 22, you see the fulfillment of that prayer. It's, the, it's probably the most prayed prayer in the history of the world, mm. um, as you know, as so many Christians. And yeah, we pray it every single morning. We end our prayer time with that prayer. And, uh, you know, it, it always, there's always a part that jumps out at me every single morning. 
you know, every single morning, God, there's never a doll. We're just going through the motions here. It's always, oh, forgive just as, or whatever the point is, you know, it's a, it's a beautiful, it is a beautiful prayer. That oh, I, I find it a thing of beauty when we do it. One of the things I look forward to the most every day is us doing that together mm -hmm. because it is so beautiful. I mean, the words in it and the meaning behind it and, oh, wow. I mean, I just, I get goosebumps. Did you have something, Oleg? Uh, I think Lord's prayer, prayer, we discussed earlier, it's the uh, disciples prayer. Disciples right? prayer, yeah. yeah. <laughs> disciples prayer. Uh, to me, disciples prayer is, uh, yes, it does has that impact um, when you do it together, right? And uh, you repeat what our Lord and Savior Jesus was speaking out, right? Um, but also to me, it, it, it it's almost like um, a blueprint, the way he teaches us to pray, it's a blueprint of um, stages of prayers, if you will, right? Mm -hmm. So first you come to the Father, you recognize who he is, his the reverence and his holiness, then you praise him. And then, you know, as it's almost like different levels and layers in the prayer. And it's, if we look at it, we can properly uh, organize our prayer life, right? It's almost like when, when, when you go to, when you used to, in Old Testament, you would go to a temple, right? First, you, you would have been outside, then you walk in into the courts, then you walk in into the holy, and then you have a holy of holies, right? So it has those stages. Right. So that prayer, to me, identifies kind of those stages of the prayer life of one, of, of someone, yeah. Yeah, I'll just share something quickly. And I, I, I love the Lord's Prayer, Disciples' Prayer. <laughs> um, I'm going to have to adopt that, that new phrase there, Disciples' Prayer. But I just remember, um, it, I was my, maybe not necessarily, even though I was, I, was, I was raised up in a Christian home, I wasn't necessarily kind of raised up in a lot of ritual and, and reciting things and, and whatnot. So when I started playing football in high school and we would start, and end each game with the, the Lord's Prayer, I was like, I got to meet these guys in the locker room, and I heard how they talked and how they were living and what they were doing after, you know, practice and all this stuff. And then they all of a sudden did the Lord's Prayer. I was like, what just happened here? You know, like, we're saying the Lord's Prayer, but yet our lot, a lot of the lives aren't really, like, you know, reflecting the Lord and His will and, and, and having a relationship with Him. And I think that's the key is that you can get to a place where, you know, you're just reciting something um, in a book, right? And right. it has no real meaning or value or uh, there's no reflection of those words in your life. But when you do have that, that like uh, my brother's talking about, where there's a, um, th you have a relationship and those things in that prayer are coming to life and having, um, you know, releasing uh, power through our lives, that's where it is we connect with it and it's truly impactful. And, and I love how you guys come together and do it together and you pull out pieces because it, it, it does remind us. And if one thing I know, that's why we've got to be in the word every day. I know this is not, but this is about, but is that we need that reminding constantly washing our minds with the water of the word. And, and I think that's where we get the true value in it, but, but don't make it, you know, take it for granted like we can do and, and make it just part of ritual. Yeah, yeah. we don't want to make it rote that we just, yeah. well, it's time to do this. Let's do it. Right. Because you see in a lot of, you know, it becomes a religious um, act, right? Yeah. So so to a lot of people, it just will say the prayer, say the prayer. And that's and that's the prayer they say. And it really means nothing to the majority of those that do say it. Yeah. And, and I personally get some concern about churches that, Every single service that the end of the service, you know, the next thing that's going to happen is they're going to offer up the sinner's prayer. It's exactly the same every time. Right. And there's no real connection. There's no real heart in it. It's mm -hmm. just words. Yeah. Yes. And I'm going, how can you expect that to have any power in somebody's life if it's just words? That it doesn't hold that meaning to you anymore because you've turned it into just a book recital. Yes, the whole different topic right there. Yeah, yeah, that is. <laughs> and I promise you, Jeremy, we will eventually get to a, a show on the word, 
and and being in the word but that that's an entire show or maybe a series <laughs> well, we talked about last it's very time, important george mueller and you know how he would pray the word i mean that's the communication is is god speaking to us we're speaking to him I and mean, that's mm-hmm. what we're talking yeah. about and and uh other other men you know specifically one that would pray on his knees pray the word read the word and yeah. pray it every day on on his knees and those guys i don't know of two guys that saw more miracles than anybody else I've ever studied, um, John G. Lakes and and mm. William um, George Mueller, mm. and those guys, he he literally would pray the word or read the word, and then he would pray it into existence in his life. I mean, he would mm. just say, as soon as God identified something, that's what he would pray mm. and hold God to His word, and that's how he saw, you know, fifty thousand documented answers to prayer in his life. It's, it's wow. crazy. Well, God says that He we are to hold Him to His promises, so yeah. we stand on that. Speaking about that, something else comes up in my mind about the prayers, right, that, that we see in, uh, in, in Scripture. Uh, matter of fact, there's a lot of great prayers that we can pray along with or confess what Paul did. Right? When we read the beginning of Ephesians, mm. Colossians, Philippians, he always says, and this is what I pray for you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then he spends, mm-hmm. there's a whole chapter more so, right? Yeah. This is what he prays for them. And I believe to a lot of peoples or listeners, um, this is a great opportunity to stand alongside with Paul and pray the same prayer, right? I use that, you know, uh, I, I, I would change. He, he says many times, you know, I pray that you Colossians do this and this and that, right? I would change it to my own personal I would mm. personalize it, right? Mm-hmm. And I would pray that over my own life. Right. So I think it's those prayers, if we take them seriously and we come in with faith, they are extremely powerful, extremely mm. powerful. May the eyes of your heart be opened in all these different prayers. I mean, I, I, have, I have extrapolated from those, from Ephesians, Philippians mm-hmm. and different ones and put them together and I have it on my wall, in my, or I did before we were clearing out, but... Uh, yeah. But just, you know, on my wall, just from all different, those prayers are so beautiful. So beautiful, mm. powerful, yeah. Well, and I think that was the point that God made when he inspired those words mm-hmm. to be put in this book is, here's an example of what you need to pray. Sure. And I, and I think that that's good since Jeremy's, we're going to get into the word here pretty soon, but there are a lot of great examples in the word, right, of how to communicate with God, what to ask for, really. Um, and how to get God's power in your life. And right. so we will get to a, a show on the word eventually, I promise. But Can I say one thing along that line? I think just mm. just to compliment what everybody else has said, but, you know, that's a good basis for somebody who's, you know, really start wanting to grow in prayer mm-hmm. and build what we would mm-hmm. call a prayer life. You really need to have a, a foundation of the word and start with praying the word. Because sometimes, you know, as we're talking, as the Holy Spirit's leading you, whatnot, you know, the Holy Spirit's never going to say anything, do anything that is contrary to the Word of God, right? Right. And so, knowing the Word, right, is our, that foundation and that plumb line, that that guiding line to say, "Hey, this is the will of God. He's already laid it down." And so, whatever I am feeling an oppression or feeling led to pray, it should be in accordance with it. So that is a perfect place to start. Yeah. And and to continue, <laughs> not just start and, and leave it, but continue in that. Absolutely. And it'll definitely give you the opportunity to learn from that and then grow from it. Yes. All right. So uh, let's see. The next question I got is, does my sin hinder my prayers? Absolutely. Absolutely. Many times. Um, uh, I, I, well, first of all, let me retract a little bit. There's got to be a sinner's prayers first, Right. So that prayer will not be hindered because you come into the Father with a repentant heart. Right? So the Father said, we all come to me, right? Come to me. Uh, so if somebody wants to repent and, and come to the Father through Jesus Christ, then that sin will be always, always heard. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, with, with different petitions, uh, as we stand, yes, definitely... Um, have to look through ourselves and you know david says uh create in me a clean heart right or and uh, paul says in another scripture says examine ourselves right so we need to examine ourselves uh it's it's almost kind of like when you come to 
you know, your king, but yet you're serving an enemy and now you're coming to a king for some kind of a petition, right? So you have to sever those ties with the enemy and come clean before your king first. Um, so I believe so. Uh, the sin does hinder it. Uh, the biggest hindrance that, that we see, especially in the ministries, is the unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is one of the biggest um, hindrances in, in someone's prayer's life. So we always encourage because many people stand and uh, even Christians, they say, well, I've been asking God for most of my life for this. I, I never get it. And, and then when you start talking with them and all of a sudden they have this grudge or, or, or some kind of unforgiveness against a sister or brother or someone else. And they've been living with that all their lives. And all of a sudden, once the reconciliation comes, it's almost like a floodgate opens up. So uh, I believe in the word teaches us in, in Mark, uh, Mark says that, that uh, you know, when he talks about praying and standing in faith, um, but it, later he says, but before you ask the father, uh, you know, ask for forgiveness, forgive those first. So you're forgiven as well. He says a broken and contrite spirit, he will in no wise cast out. So he will always hear that prayer. But he tells us if we have something amongst the brothers, right? If someone has something against you, I mean, that's the high bar. If someone had, not if you have something against someone else, but if they have something against you, get up from making your offering, right? Instead of communicating this way, go make it right with your brother, and then come back to me. And so, uh, but scriptures do say, if you regard iniquity in your heart, this stubbornness, right? This self-will that I'm going to do my own thing, which is sin, probably the root, um, then the Lord will not hear you. So just like Oleg said, you have to clear that that up and, and then we can talk. If we have to be honest with each other, I think it's quite arrogant of us to have a known sin in our life and then go to God for something without dealing with the sin. I mean, that's kind of arrogant, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. I, I yes. was just thinking as, you know, before we came here, just a, a well-known scripture, you know, in, in uh, Chronicles, 2 Chronicles 7, 14, if my people or called by my name, will humble themselves and pray. I, I just think of, you know, especially as as men, you know, sometimes that's kind of like our last, you know, resort, if we're all honest, is that we, we try to like brawn and, you know, brains and everything we've got. And then we're like, oh, shoot, I'm in a deep pit here now and I, I need the Lord's help. <laughs> and uh, I'm in real trouble. You know? Hand over the shovel. And, and, you know, it really calls for us to really humble ourselves and say, hey, you know, Lord, I need your help. I see my inadequacy. I see my shortcoming. I see that I'm, I, I don't, I don't measure up, but you are, you know, know all things. You are uh, unlimited in your resources. And, uh, and, and as we do that, and it also says that, you know, we, we humble ourselves and pray, seek his face and turn from our wicked ways. We've got to put those things you know, God, uh, water and oil don't mix really well, right? Mm. I know you've done those, probably everybody that's listening has done those uh, experiments early in life where you put the, you know, you put the dye, food coloring in the in the water and then you get the oil and you see that it just don't mix, right? Mm -hmm. And that's sin in a, in a believer's life. It's not, we're not uh, designed to cohabitate, cohabitate with sin. And God in his mercy will not answer our prayers so that we will realize that we are that there's a, a distance between us, and we'll come back to him. And that's that's our that's our calling card to say, hey, look, wait a minute, you got to get this out. This is going to destroy you, right? Because we know that the wages of sin is death. So he doesn't want death for us. He wants life and life abundantly. Well, that's a good segue into this next question: Is why does it seem like God doesn't answer some of my prayers? I have a fairly simple response when people say that to me. Well, sometimes the answer is no. And yes. sometimes it's wait. And I think there's a tendency that we pray for something that we would like to see an immediate response. And sometimes we get that. Sometimes we'll just know, oh, wow, God just answered that prayer. And then sometimes you're like, God's awful quiet today. <laughs> and, and maybe that's the point. Yeah, well, overall, I think we live in a micro microwave world oh, right man. now, right? <laughs> yeah. That uh, we want to put it in for a minute and 
boom, popcorn is done, right? Mm -hmm. So we expect that from God as well. I mean, when we look back and uh, we read the scriptures or we look at different answered prayers, I mean, look at Abraham. I mean, poor guy was 100 years old until when his when his prayers were answered, right? <laughs> when he had a son. So yeah, sometimes it's time uh, that the, the seed just needs to germinate and and grow, and and the time of season needs to come. Sometimes it is immediate. Um, you know, many times, you know, when we pray for heal for certain healings or whatnot, uh, we see that right away. Right, you yourself mm -hmm. been healed a couple times, and you know how that worked. So sometimes that works immediately. Um, many times the answer is just no. It's just like my son comes to me and he wants something, and my answer is no, because it's not his time. It's not his. Uh, uh, perhaps he's not ready for it. So sometimes the answer is no. But many times it is the hindrances, the hindrances. Mm. Um, some, many times what I see, what people ask God for, it's uh, motives. It's, there is a lot of selfish motives, uh, not aligned with the word of God. So we can go in and on and on with different answers. <laughs> but I think if, if this is the, the questions from someone, first and foremost, you know, uh, if I'm looking for the answer, I have to look at the mirror and look at myself, examine myself first of all, right? And then I have to examine the word. Am I in accordance with the word? Am I under the will of God and whatever the petition is? And after that, I just uh, have to wait. Sometimes the Lord says, you know, be still and know I'm God. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because you brought up the point that he may not be, you're something that you're ready for it. Mm -hmm. And I think that sometimes is a really a good explanation for why God doesn't give you what you're after right now because can handle it. You couldn't handle it, and mm -hmm. it may corrupt you, or it may cause you to stumble, or it may cause sure. you pain. And that's the last thing that God wants to do. Mm -hmm. So, not getting that thing may keep you from having a bigger problem. Right, right. JD, I don't think I've ever been through a season that I've prayed as hard for something and as long and as desperately as I have over the last couple of weeks for my dad. And I know all of you guys have been joining us, but you know, I was just really soul searching and just saying, Lord, why, like, why is he around for these weeks if you're not going to raise him up? You know, but when I look back and I look what God has done in me and what he's done in so many, there's been many revivals <laughs> <laughs> that has happened. And uh, I might share a little bit, but you know, he's just said, Steve, I want you I want you to be at rest. I want you to be at peace. I want joy in your heart. I want you to rejoice in hope, right? I want you to be praising me at all times. And I want your body to be at rest. And he's just taught me, no matter what my choice is in this right here, I want you to trust me. And I have been striving and striving to enter that rest. And, you know, I was driving back from the church the other night or the other morning. And I just thought, I am exhausted exhausted. And he just shared, he just, I mean, it's like he's sitting right beside me. He said, the reason you're exhausted is because you're not resting. You're striving to enter that rest. And it wasn't like a condemning thing at all. He was just saying, you're trying to be obedient, son. And I appreciate it. But resting is different than striving to enter that rest, right? Mm -hmm. He does tell us to strive. It sounds like an oxymoron, but he says, do strive to enter that rest, to get to that place where you can completely trust. And, and, you know, I believe that he has helped me to get there. I mean, I was there the last few times my dad was coding and all this kind of stuff. And I was sitting down, and I'm just praising God. My body's not shaking. Everybody's going crazy around me. And I'm just, God, I thank you that you are perfectly in charge. I couldn't do that two weeks ago. If somebody, I couldn't do that a week ago because I started trembling at different points. But through, you know, eight, 10 times doing that and just saying, oh Lord, identify in me what you're trying to do right now. And the other thing I want to just real quickly is that, I believe that we don't understand covenant relationships to the level that we should, because when you look at why things didn't happen that God wanted to have happen, like he's going to give them Jericho. He wants to give them AI. These are already prophesied, right? But there's sin in the camp, he says. It's one man, Achan. Mm -hmm. And he says, right. Israel has sinned. He, he doesn't go, Achan has sinned. Yeah, he identified who it was, but his entire family's taken out and stoned. It's, it's, a, it's a sad story. 
But I, you know, so part of what we did as a family, as I to all to all my siblings, I sat down with them and said, listen, I have been examining myself, begging God, God, is there any, is there any pride, self-reliance? Is there anything in me that would keep this miracle from happening? I want to see my dad raised from the dead, you know? And then I went to, I went to my sisters, I went to my brother and I just said, well, you search your heart because we are in a family relationship. Mm-hmm. And this is a possibility that if someone's living in sin, you know, and we may not even be aware of it right now, but seek the Lord. David actually says, you know, shine your light on me and show me, is there anything displeasing in my life to you? And I'll tell you what, it's been a, it's been a soul searching time for me and it's been a growing time. So if he had answered the prayer two weeks ago, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now. Well... As walking beside you, I can tell you through this thing that I've watched God work in you so much. Yeah. Because absolutely, I try to put myself in your position. and I'm like, I do not know how you're at peace. And it's like, that's got to be God. Well, I'll tell you and what. it's got to be the prayer. <laughs> Let me just share something real quickly. My mom, um, the reason I think I'm sitting here is because of prayer. I would say my heart changed. Um, in a significant way, one night when I got up three o'clock in the morning to get a drink and I start walking downstairs and I hear this, like this, this ferocious noise down, I'm like, what in the world is that? And I go around the corner and it's my mom, three o'clock in the morning praying for me. Mm. And I remember I'm thinking, what in the world is she doing? Like she should be sleeping, you know? But, um, you guys all know what happened last night at 1035. My dad went to the other side and, um, you know, I just had to say, Lord, if this is your will, I'm, I'm totally at peace and at rest. And then we had to go and tell my mom today. And so all three of us, our, my sisters and I went um, and told her. And as we shared with her, her response was instantly thanksgiving, praise. Thank you, Jesus. I praise you. And then she instantly goes right into prayer. God, please be with the grandchildren and the children. And don't let Satan harden their hearts. Don't let instantly because she showed me that in my home. And that's the response of a woman who just lost her husband of 53 years. Then she tells me the story that God gave her these visions. She tells me the visions of what God had given her all these years before, so much that she went out and bought her wedding dress because God promised her, you're going to help this man get into the gates of heaven. You're gonna enter together. So she knew she was supposed to be with him. That's over 53 years ago. Yesterday, she said, was the day that, that my dad had asked her to marry him. And he died on the very day, 53 years later. And she was thanking God because she knows beyond a shadow of a doubt what I know that, that God, that God has, has, you know, paid for his sin and is in relationship with my dad. And he's dancing on the streets of heaven, I believe today. So it's very exciting. That's an absolute mm-hmm. beautiful picture of that relationship and that commitment and the communication. I mean, the first response for your mother is in a relationship with God, whom she loves, is to go to him and talk to him. We were sobbing and we were saying, how do we have a saint as a mother? She is a saint. (laughs) Well, it's a beautiful picture. It really is. Amen. So here's a question. Is it acceptable to repeatedly pray for the same thing or should we ask only once? Well, I think for our group, there's a pretty easy answer for that one. Because we've been asking for some of the same things for a while. Yeah. Because we're believing in it. I think it can be one of two things. When my children come to me and they say, Dad, can I do this? And I say no. And they get a clear answer. And it's out of their self-will and their stubbornness. And they keep asking me. I say, okay, now you're trying to badger me and to wear me down in order to get what you want. That's totally different than coming to God knowing what his will is. He's laid something on your heart and you holding fast to it and fighting. It may take five years. It may take a hundred years. Let me give you an example. In Africa, a great revival broke out about 20 years ago, right? 79 million people came to Christ. How did that happen? Five generations, five generations in one family believed that God laid Africa on their hearts and they passed that vision down to their children and their children and their children. And they prayed for five generations for a hundred years for revival in Africa and 80 million Africans come to the Lord. That is different. How many times do you think they pray the same prayer? <laughs> Lord, bring revival to Africa, bring re- because that was tenacious, right? It was holding on like a bulldog to the will of God. And that's that. So I, I think there's two sides to the coin. Yes, I agree with that 100%. Um, you know, in uh, 
We've seen Daniel <clears throat> uh, when he prayed and uh, the angel of the Lord came in after 21 days. And uh, it says that the angel was released. The, the word says that he, he was released on the day when Daniel prayed for it. So his, an, his, his prayer was answered right there and then. But it took 21 days just to get through. Um, the scripture says that uh, the Michael had to battle the, 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 the prince of uh, Persia, right? So <clears throat> sometimes we pray for certain things. I believe, um, I know in my life and, and many other uh, stories that, that I see, when God answers us um, in certain cases, he doesn't just want to impact our life but he also wants to bring someone else that will impact our life. So their life will be impacted as well. Right. So I say always that, um, you know, it's a beautiful thing to be impacted personally by the Lord. But when the Lord is using you to impact someone else, it's another level. It's another level, right? Because Absolutely. you are standing there and um, you're thinking to yourself, who am I to be used by supernatural power that created the heavens and the earth? And now I'm used, I'm, that power is being channeled through me to impact someone. That's extremely humbling, but yet it's so, so satisfying, right? That's the satisfying. And I believe that, that, that in God's creation, that's why, that's how he created us to co-inhabit and coexist so we can all um, be in fellowship and just channeling God's glory because we want to see, we want to go from, from his glory to glory to glory. When I see that glory being channeled through us, right? It is, again, it's to receive something, you know, whether it is a miracle, a healing or something else, mm -hmm. but yet to be used for that. Mm. That's huge. Mm -hmm. And I think this, this is, you know, there's so many stories. Um, I remember this, this one lady that, that has been used by God in, 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 in really supernatural, supernatural um, ways. And she asked the, the Lord, she says, she says, uh, why did you choose me? And he says, you were not my first pick. I gave a chance to three other guys and they would not pick it up. But you did. You responded to my call. So I believe there's so many are called. Right. But not many are answering. Mm -hmm. So God is looking to answer a prayer by looking for someone who is he going to use to answer the prayer through to channel that, that the answer. Right. So, you know, it may sometimes it takes times, it takes time. Right. I think you hit on that earlier today, uh, Jeremy, when you talked about obedience. Mm -hmm. Are you willing? And God looks for the willing. And on that. Sometimes the answer to the prayer is, is down to somebody's obedience. So if God is saying, uh, so Oleg is asking for, you know, let's just call it 500 bucks, right? He really needs that. And then the Lord tells JD, hey, give Oleg 500 bucks. But you're kind of like, oh, I don't know. I got my own commitments and that's a lot of money or whatever. And you don't do it. Then, you know, you might then go to Steve and then that that could ultimately delay what the Lord is wanting to do. Now, God's not, you know, small. He's a big God. He's able to do it, and he typically gets it done one way or the other. But I, I really feel like what Oleg's saying is that he might go to a couple people before somebody actually says, all right, yes, Lord, I will do that. And and they they follow through that with a, that obedience. I wanted to share something about um, that that, that faith is key in all this. You know, we know that faith is the right. currency of mm. God's kingdom. And so the prayer of faith, right, is is powerful. And, and so sometimes we need to pray the word, right, getting back to the word over us, because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. And as we speak the word out over us, such as by his stripes, I was healed, right? right. You know, as we say that, it's building faith, right? So that we are, we are, our faith is being built so that we can say, we can pray, not just praying as the skeptic does, you know, like rolling the dice, hoping, hey, you know, if there's a God out there, please answer this prayer. 
Um, and, and sometimes God takes you up on it, right? Even with those kind of brands. <laughs> but uh, but typically God, God responds not to, you know, how loud we pray or how much we scream or cry or how pitiful our situation is. He responds to faith, right? And and sometimes it's just praying the repetition and over and over in the time frame is just to for sometimes for us to get to a place where we believe what we're praying, you know, because yeah. if we don't believe what we're praying, then, you know, God's still in his mercy sometimes answers prayers where our faith is just not there. And that, that's the truth. And that's what, you know, I want to find out when I get stand before him someday. But, you know, <laughs> but sometimes we just need to, I'm going back to that, is speak the word until faith is arises within us and we believe what we're praying. And then we, you know, God can then say, that's what I've been waiting for, for you to believe it. Now I'm going to answer it. Very good. All right. I'm trying to pick ones here. We're getting closer on time. <laughs> There's so many questions. I appreciate your questions, by the way. Please send them. Um, how can I be assured that I'm praying according to the will of God? Well, if you pray the word, as we've been talking about, right? Yeah. As you listen to God, part of prayer, a huge part of prayer, is being quiet. I never, I don't think, learned so much in my life as when I didn't talk for quite a few days. <laughs> Couldn't talk, right? And was just I had to listen. And I remember, I remember writing something, and um, you know, someone just saying, "Wow, God spoke through you." I mean, it was just a little teeny tiny thing that I wrote, but he said God spoke very heavy, uh, you know, to me, without you saying a word. And I remember just feeling the shock wave of getting to just read whatever it was that God had given me um, in those few days. But that's just an extremely important part is, is listening to the voice of God, right? So that you can pray in accordance with the will of God. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to, in most cases, it's just understanding the scripture and knowing the scripture um, that really just tells us whether it is the right prayer or not. You know, as I mentioned before, um, many people pray for sel selfish reasons. Uh, I mean, I know this this one man <clears throat> a long time ago, and uh, a married man with, with, with five kids, and uh, he met this beautiful young lady, and he got in his head that he's supposed to, that was supposed to be his wife. So he started praying for to God so God would create a circumstances that he could marry this lady. And, and he actually told that to, to my father. And my father looked at him and says, you are the one, you know the scripture. He says, you, you're literally praying against the scripture. You, you can't pray that. So it, it, it was really mind blowing, right? And the, the, there was a Christian man and he was, he was truly believing. He thought that he heard God talking to him. Well, the, the scripture tells that we should always test the spirits, right? So mm -hmm. if, the, if, if somebody tells us, you know, that there, there's many people uh, claim and, 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 and believe that they heard from, from the Lord to, to tell you something, you always have to test the scripture and, and realign it. And once that aligns, you know that you are under the will of God. So you can pray. The same thing with prayer. You know, you pray what is um, what is the will of God. It's knowing, it's sometimes just simply knowing Scripture. Yeah, and you're going back to that, you know, it says it's by clinging to these great, these very great and precious promises whereby we can participate in His divine nature. So when we have His divine nature, we have totally different desires, right? This right. is a different, na this isn't, <laughs> yeah, I'm a new creation, but I'm a, I have a new nature inside of me. So I desire different things. And I remember, you know, I just had this conversation with a young man the other night, you know, and saying, this was my desires back then. And these are my desires now. And they couldn't be more diametrically opposed to one another. Right. You know, mm -hmm. and it's the same, it's the same person in one sense. It looks like the same person, but there's a new nature inside of me. And I don't want the things that I used to to lust after, used to want and desire more than anything else. Right now, God has completely changed. So, so when you can sense that, that wow, this is this is the work of God, 
in me. I sense that something significant has completely shifted and changed, you know? Mm -hmm. oh, that's good. I can't add anything to that. All right. So that kind of is a good segue into this next question, because this next question is sort of counterintuitive to what most people would think they would do. And that is, is what does the Bible mean when it says you should pray for your enemies? That's not a natural thing for us to do. It is, was for Jesus. Right. But you were talking about how that nature changes. Mm -hmm. Yes. For me, I think that's where that's born from, is when that nature changes who you are inside and what your desires are, then that becomes something that you're capable of doing. Mm -hmm. And you want to do. I mean, that was as natural for Jesus, I think, as possibly could be. You know, he says, if you abide in me and my word abides, abides in you, you will bear much fruit. In other words, this divine life from another, if we can say, you know, whatever, it's from another place, right? It comes down to us and literally he indwells us through the Holy Spirit. And, and that is what Christianity is. It is Christ in you through his Holy Spirit. And it should be exhibiting a totally different nature and a different life from a different place. This is not this is not a carnal thing that I'm trying to Im just imitate Jesus in the flesh. This is is a supernatural empowered life where where mm. Jesus Christ through his spirit is literally living inside of you and empowering you to do things that would look absolutely crazy to most people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If, if I could share like a quick story. Um so I had to walk through this um in a work situation. So I had a manager uh, that was, you know, over me for several years and was very, you know, just demeaning and manipulative and oppressive and just, just frankly, uh, spoke down to me, belittled me every opportunity he had. Um, and to the point where, you know, I was trying to get out of there and, 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 and God was closing the doors and he was like, all right, <laughs> you're going to, I didn't know it at the time, but he was kind of like, you know, you're, you're going to have to overcome this. Uh, there's not, I'm not going to give you an escape hatch. Um, you know, you're going to have to walk through this in all of its, you know, uncomfort uh, so that you can really grow through it. And so at one point I was just like, I was kind of fed up I, and I, I'm not a person. I'm normally a very uh, happy, uh, joyful, my new nature, right? But this oppression came on me and depression. And I went into a season where I was just like, didn't want to get up in the morning, didn't want to go to work, didn't want to really talk, didn't want to socialize. And it was so out of nature and it was not God's nature in me, but it was the, the nature of the enemy. But in a way, I'd, I'd allowed that because I'd kind of let, allowed resentment towards this person and just kind of a bitterness to just to fester there. And one day the Holy Spirit just really laid on my heart and, and brought up the scriptures around, you know, praying for our enemies, uh, the Sermon on the Mount. He talks about a lot of examples there towards the end. Those who persecute us, bless them. And he really kept pressing on that. I want you to bless them. I want you to bless them. And I was like, no, I'm not going to bless this guy. Have you seen how he's treating me? Like as if God didn't see that. Uh, so, but I, I kind of, I, I, it took me a couple weeks, but I finally just yielded to it. And I said, all right, here we go. I'm in the car. I said, God, I bless this person. I pray you, you promote them. I pray that you bless them, that they're, they just continue to excel and to move on and to, and uh, I just release them and I forgive them. And uh, I want your best for them, God. I pray they come to find you uh, and know you. And so a couple weeks later, this person is you know, and, and immediately after the prayer, the the burden, the, the 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 that kind of cloud of depression lifted off me, and I felt free from that. And then a couple of weeks later, he gets promoted to out of our you know he out of our division and <laughs> to some other role, you know. And I never see him again. But uh, and I'm like, thank you, Jesus. And God, you know, did promote him and, and moved him out. But more importantly, he taught me that, hey, the scripture is not just there for show. It's really for us to walk out and live out, and it's for our benefit. And that's where I really learned to, to bless those who, you know, frankly curse you. And he, mm -hmm. he really used curse words at times with me. So 
Great stories. <laughs> Great. I, I remember that, Jeremy. You, you were sharing that with, with me. I remember those times. I just want to add, uh, you know, when Jesus was about to get crucified, he he prayed, um, Father, forgive them. They they do not know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and many times when, when we look at those enemies, you know, we, we need to recognize with that changed mind and changed heart this is not not the person uh, who is doing this to us. They're just being merely a tool of the enemy yeah. that wants to destroy, wants to sift us, right. wants to take us out of our element, take us out of our walk with Christ. And he's testing our faith, whether it is, like Jeremy is saying, whether it is literal persecution. I mean, you know, we, we've been... We've been having so good in a Western world that uh, we have not had persecutions that many, many people have right now in, you know, we're talking about China, Middle East Mm. and all those other countries. But when you see how fervent they are, those Christians, they literally pray for those that are hurting them. They're persecuting them. Right. Yeah. I remember in, I can't remember the, the name of the movie, Tortured for Christ, I think it was, um, but at one point, you know, the uh, the guard came in. It had been years and years and years that this guy had been in there and his wife had been killed, I think, and his children uh, had been in prison and all these different terrible things that happened to him. And the guard says, are you still praying to this this make-believe God of yours? He's not going to rescue you. And he says, I w-, and, the, and the guards or the uh, prisoner says, I wasn't praying for myself. I was praying for you. And you just watch this shock wave, you know, go mm. over <laughs> the um, the guard there as this guy's on his knees, you know, just praying for him. But that is that new nature, yeah. you know, yep. that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that leads us up to our last question for today. And it's one that I think all of you know quite a bit about. And this question was, is, can you explain intercessory prayer? And what does the Bible tell us about praying for those that are sick? That's two questions. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's a devil. Well, they're they're kind of together though, right? Because when you're praying for somebody that's sick, you're trying to do an intercessory prayer. Intercession comes from intersection, right? So Satan or Satan may have someone going the wrong way and you intersect their life, right? And you cut them off and get them on the path of, of victory and walking with God. And, and Jesus is that intercessor. You know, in the olden days, if there was a a city with walls around it, the 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 highest uh, honor was to die. If someone broke through the wall, was to run to that hole in the wall and stand there, right, and die there. And that's kind of the uh, an intercessor. An intercessor is someone who's built strong, someone with great meekness, strength under control, um, for the purpose of the weak you know, or those who are being persecuted or whatever the case may be. It's, it's really, it's taking on that nature of Christ because it says he constantly lives to make intercession. That is unfathomable that that's what he's chosen as a purpose for all eternity right now, right? As we're in this planet, we're on this planet right now, he sees our need and he is pleading until that day of the marriage supper of the lamb. That's mm-hmm. what he's chosen to do for us, to to plead to his father on our behalf. So Yeah. Definitely intercessing it's some it's a little bit different for than praying for the sick. I know one uh, a while back I read this uh, incredible book actually called Intercessor. I forgot the uh, the writer's name. Uh, but he ta- talks uh, he tells a story about um Great Britain during World War II, um, that it was there was a man, man of God, who was there with a group of people that literally prayed the Nazis away from Great Britain, and it was been it's been credited to them that they've been praying, interceding for the country to take that uh, the enemy, literal enemy, away from them. Right. So so it started when when the Nazis were. Uh, bombing, um, you know, Great Britain. And at that time he began to pray. And I believe they were praying right through the entire war. They were just staying on their knees, constantly, constantly, constantly praying. So it's been hugely accredited to the group of people. And 
Um, the book is just incredible, incredible different um, uh, stories in there, what he did by just being a, one of the greatest intercessors uh, of our generation. So that's, um, but praying for the sick, uh, can you elaborate a little bit more? Because that's a really <laughs> loaded question right there. <laughs> well, you know, you, you prayed for me when I needed healing. And, right. and I know that we've prayed for people that were ill and we wanted to get them, you know, we wanted God to heal them. Sure. And so I think people are looking for, is this a biblical thing to do? Absolutely. I mean, anything, you know, anything that Jesus did is biblical. <laughs> anything the apostles did, that's very, very biblical, right? So I believe wholeheartedly, um, you know, praying for the sick is a very much biblical thing. Um, Jesus even says in his great commission, he says, those that believe these signs will follow. And one of the signs are if they lay hands on someone, they will get healed. Um, then we see simply um, John, uh, uh, Peter and John going to a synagogue and seeing the, the man, crippled man sitting by, by synagogue and asking for, for, you know, some kind of a help. And um, they simply told him, get up and walk. Uh, so we see those uh, throughout life of Jesus. And then we see, continuously see in the book of Acts how um, apostles were living out. But it's not even apostles. We also see some even other church members that were not even named to be apostles, right? We see Stephen, for instance. He's, he's been actually picked to be the one, uh, one of the deacons, right? Because he was filled, full of Holy Spirit and he was doing the miracles, right? So we see just the regular people. Um, another person that comes to my mind is Ananias. Uh, when, when Paul was struck, uh, you know, was stopped by, by Christ on, uh, on the way to Damascus, he was blinded. Uh, so this Ananias that we never hear about him later on, he came in and he healed him, right? He laid his hands on him. He healed him. Uh, he filled him with the, with the Holy Spirit and he baptized him. And he was just a regular man, probably, probably someone sitting simply on a pew. But that was th those kind of activity was a typical and typical activity for all body of Christ. So it was not just preserved for, for someone in the hierarchy, right? A, a pastor or a youth leader or, or even an elder. It was expected for all to be engaged in all these activities because it was a normal thing to do. Mm -hmm. And just now these days in some churches, we see that it's only preserved for for a pastor to to be engaged in, in those type of activities, but but as you know yourself, uh, you know when we minister, it's it's anyone. It, it, all it takes is faith, as mm. Jeremy said earlier. It's the currency of kingdom. It's our faith. Right. It's our faith in confession of of the word, of the will, and we know His will is for us to be healed. And and knowing that it's God's will to heal, right, and to use us as just ordinary believers, right? To heal is is the foundation. It's where you start. If you don't believe that God can use you to heal, then you're probably not going to lay hands on people and pray for them, for starters. So you you don't even get the chance to to see if it works or not, right? Because you don't even believe you can do it. So once you get to believe you can do it, then there's another potential roadblock that, that, that people can, and I've encountered, is that, okay, you laid hands on them, you prayed your best prayer, they don't get healed, right? All right. Do you just close shop? And uh, I guess it's not God's will for me to heal. Maybe I can't do it. Um, and and I've seen it where I've laid hands on a number of different people and they didn't get healed. But then there's that that person that gets healed. And then you're like, then it just clicks. And you're like, yes, this is, this, this is now not just words on a page. It is life, the living word inside me reaching out and touching somebody through my fingers or through my words, you know? So, uh, it's, yeah. I mean, we, we, we have to be open to the fact that not everyone that we lay hands on is going to be healed. Um, we have to be ready for that. 
and and not let it dis, us discourage us from praying for people because you know he's commanded us to pray and to lay hands on the sick right and and we've got to do that and leave the healing to him and be 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 kind of open to the fact that it may not happen but i know that it happens and that's right. my testimony yeah i think um personally i think um the church has so much growing to do in this area you know just just personally my testimony real quickly is um over the last four or five years god has so convicted my heart that for months i was just everywhere i went i mean i had i had it today a bottle of oil with me you know uh for the purpose of this is a statement of faith that i trust your word right and my wife when she was young she had hypertachycardia and uh, it started coming back when, uh, as she was pregnant, she had had surgery and burnt a section of her heart when she was young and things. But uh, so she, as she was pregnant with her last child, uh, uh, with Zoe, I believe, um, man, four nights, she just could not sleep. All day, all night, her heart was just beating so fast and so hard in her ears that, she, that it was just racing. And the fourth day she comes out and I look at her and I mean, she just looks like a walking dead person. And instantly what overcame me, I mean, I just started sobbing, but what overcame me was anger and frustration. It wasn't even so much compassion. It started with compassion, but it instantly went almost to rage. Like I was like, oh, and I said, babe, is there oil in this house? Right. And, and <laughs> who I was frustrated with was myself because God so convicted me. He says, listen, how long are you going to let your wife suffer under this? Hmm. When I said, if there's someone sick among you, have the elders anoint them with oil, lay their hands on them, and prayer of faith will raise them up, right? And I'm like, we happen to have an elder here. We happen to have oil here, and we can lay our hands on it, right? And I haven't done that. I haven't taken that step. I've prayed for her multiple times, and I went in, and my, I said, um, is there any oil in here? And she goes, yeah, there's some, there's some oil, and there was some grapeseed oil, I believe. And I was <laughs> like, man, this is just, this, to me, it was a sign of, of walking into God's promised land right? That they brought it back. And he's like, I want you to step in. And so, man, I went over there, I put oil on my hands and I got all my kids and my wife sat down and I laid my hands on her. And the moment I laid my hands on her, I couldn't even pray. I just started weeping under conviction <laughs> that I hadn't already done it four days earlier. Right. And she said, honey, the second your hands touched my head, boom, my heart instantly started, went, just went back to normal as soon as you touched my head. And that was just faith. He didn't even ask me to say a word. He just asked me That's to do a, what he told me to do, yeah. you know? I love those stories. Those are too, too many stories to tell. Oh, man. We've seen them. Well, gentlemen, I would love to thank you uh, so much for sitting and talking with us today. It was awesome being here, J.D. Great being here again. Thanks, J.D. Love it. So this has been a Veritas Resurgence broadcast, and today on A Voice Calling in the Wilderness, we've been talking about this beautiful gift from God called prayer. If you have any questions for Pastor Steve Morris, you can find him at transform.men and at pcnh.church. And if you would, please take a moment and subscribe to our podcast. And don't forget to visit our website at vrbroadcast.org, where you can find more teaching and ask questions of the show and our guests. Also, find us on Facebook at A Voice Calling in the Wilderness. And do us a favor, recommend the podcast to your friends and family. Again, thank you for listening and have a blessed day.